The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Support from this podcast comes from our friends over at Wicked Memories. Ladies, do you like candles? Do you not like buying them at ridiculous prices? Guys, are you sick of your apartment and your room smelling like feet all the time and want it to be a little bit more presentable for when your parents or ladies come over? This place has it all. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda. Guys, I went to view their products. It's a combination of two stores, Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted. And their products... Oh, my God. They're so good. Um, Their Taste the Rainbow Artisan Soap, I've been using at my house. And some of the candles that they give smell so much like the actual product. Their Honeysuckle one is delicious. So go check them out. They have in-store deals every Saturday that you can only take advantage of there. Mention my name over there as well, and they'll be able to give some more support to this podcast. And who knows, they might even throw you a discount or two. Just mention me. Wink, wink. Check them out. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda, New York. You could also view their website and on their Facebook page has the link to everything you could possibly need. Again, that is Wicked Memories, which is a combination of Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted, 408 Oliver Street, North Tonawanda. Make your life smell nice. Welcome to episode 16 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. We're going to get right into it this week. I have one of my all-time favorite people here. <laughs> oh, um, please. I, honestly, dude. So I've known, you, I've known you for almost a decade now. I was thinking about it today. We've known each crazy. other about eight years. Jeez, and yeah. you're somebody that in the world and in the profession we're in that I've looked up to and like – Really have been happy to grow with, and like I'm really happy to be here with you for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Ricky Needham, I'm oh, so man. excited to have you. Dude. That was such a nice introduction. Jeez. It's true. It's I never put any work into my introductions when I do my show. I'm always just like, here's here's this person, and <laughs> now we're going to talk for an hour, maybe. You make them feel special when they're on the show, though. <laughs> you do. You and well, Rhiannon I... have such a good chemistry with your guests. That's one of the things I love about your show so much. Oh, right on. That's awesome. It's been fun. But thank you for having me here. This is so dope. So, I, I mean, we were talking about it before we started, obviously, but like this whole setup you got... <laughs> In, in here and it's so crazy dude. it's just unreal i flip it's out every cool time vibe. i walk in here it's such a cool vibe it's yeah. so comfortable and after a while it's just so easy to do episodes in here because you you feel like you're just in a really cool environment it's totally. a chill, like almost like a dude cave <laughs> but even like even the women that come have come in here have really liked it like julie loves recording in the booth and yeah. the couches next time you're on when with rhiannon we'll have to use the big space out there because that's oh, just yeah. as comfortable too. For sure, yeah. I mean, the vibe is just super, super cool and super laid back. 
the setup is awesome. What we do is we just record out of our apartment, just at a table, and <laughs> we say, "Hey, you want you want a beer? You want anything? All right, let's go." Isn't um isn't that cool though? That this day and age, did you think fifteen years ago we would have been able to do shit like this from our own homes? Never. You no. can edit edit episodes like on your iPhone now. Yeah, so it's you could unreal. walk around throughout the day just editing your show mm-hmm. wherever you are, and people can do this more accessibly than ever it's really amazing it's so crazy and i think that's a big reason why so many shows like yours and mine are, are just popping up out of the woodwork I yeah mean, just it's so accessible now and it's also the kind of content that people love to you know listen to during work and when they're driving that kind of thing podcasts are i never really got into podcasting mm-hmm. like listening or you know creating but i think it took the pandemic for everyone to kind of be like okay let, let's not go crazy. How can we stay creative? And, you know, podcasting seemed like a cool route. And a lot of people were doing it. But, and it, luckily, all, all of the shows that have come out of it have been really great. Really cool. I mean, yours has been awesome, obviously. Thank you. Michael Wachowiak's show is He's just a killing blast. It. He's oh my gosh. killing it. It's so funny to listen yeah. to every week. It's oh my, awesome. It, it's just such a cool, a cool thing to see. Like our own, like, Buffalo like podcast network. <laughs> and I think <laughs> you know? it's important. I think it's important that right now as artists we create when we can and we put our stuff out there, especially because you're right. I think all of us kind of lost our minds a little bit during yeah. the pandemic and needed something to focus on. Of course. This was at the tail end for me, but I never had the time to do anything like this too before. Mm-hmm. And it really is a time commitment. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how how much of like the editing side you're doing, but I for for me, I, I Rhiannon and I record obviously, and then, I mean, the editing is just grueling, yeah. my dude. Oh wow! And <laughs> actually, that's what's holding us up right now is because we're running into an editing issue with, of course, the software we're using, and it's like things like that happen. Ugh. It's like oh my god! And but overall, the overall experience is just so much more rewarding, mm-hmm. and and it makes all of the editing and awful headaches worth it <laughs> so when did the idea pop up for you guys because you started fairly soon into the pandemic i feel like creating the concept when did you decide you wanted to do a horror movie podcast or a horror podcast in general i f- i yeah i feel like it was early quarantine i think we started like we fir- we put out our first episode in august i mm-hmm. think and we had kind of like <laughs> jokingly said like hey like we both love horror movies. Why don't we just like make a podcast? Like right. that kind of thing. And it reached a point where we're like, well, yeah, like why don't we start a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Um, and I luckily had a bunch of audio equipment at al- already just because I, w- I grew up playing in bands and doing home demos and all that kind of stuff. So I had audio interfaces. I had microphones. I had stuff. And mm-hmm. we just kind of like did it. Yeah. So we had that to our advantage and, you know, we have just had so much fun ever since. But yeah, I, like I said, we both love, love, love horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't know that she loved horror movies until like <laughs> years into our relationship. Really? Yeah. Like we, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you like the first horror movie that we saw together necessarily. But like as time went on. I felt less shy about being like, hey, do you do you want to watch like this horror movie? It's mm-hmm. like really scaly and I don't know if you'll <laughs> like it. And Rhiannon's like, 
oh, I've already seen that. Like, let's throw it on. Come on, let's go. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. So, yeah, we just decided, you know, screw it. Let's let's try it out. And it's been <sighs> so much awesome. fun. Yeah, I I feel like I had a similar experience with Julia, except she had to kind of coax it out of me that I liked horror movies. Because I didn't mm-hmm. think I liked them as much as I did until we started going out. And mm. she started introducing me to, like, certain ones that are, like, really creepy and stuff like that. Like... <laughs> I would never have watched a lot of, like, the Conjuring movies or things. Like, she loves, yeah. like, paranormal shit like that. Oh, nice. And, yeah. and they're just so fun. I think you would agree with this, too. They're so fun to watch together as couples, too. Absolutely. Because, like, the experience of um, seeing something like that with another person and just knowing, like, <laughs> okay, I got you for this. You got me. Like, it, it's a, one of my favorite stories uh, with this. So we both used to work at uh, – the Panera over in Hamburg by, like, the McKinley Mall out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she and I both worked a late shift the one day. I think we got out at, like, 9 o'clock or whatever. And then we went to – there was an Applebee's across the street, so we went there. And at, like, 10.30 at night on a Tuesday when A Quiet Place was out, we went to the Regal and nobody was in the theater at all. Wow. It was nobody. just you two? It was just us two. It was, like – 10.30 on a Tuesday night, so nobody's out. Right. Like, so, yeah. so we were watching A Quiet Place together for the first time <laughs> and just screaming openly <laughs> at the theater. Because like, we both do this thing like the the, what, like the stupid improv that's still built into us. Oh, yeah. We just like make fun of the movie openly like to offset our fears a little It's like bit. that mystery science theater yeah, kind no. of feel. Absolutely. Exactly. So that's what it was. It was a real-life <laughs> mystery science theater that we had with A Quiet Place. And oh, that that's was a so cool. Experience. Yeah. Especially for a movie like that, where it's already an intimate enough movie where there's no dialogue. Yeah. So when you go to a crowded theater, you're hearing everybody else's little like sounds of like their phones or like them chewing, that kind of thing, and you're distracted by that. But for just the two of you to have had that experience together yeah. yourselves, that's so cool. It was really <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, and I never thought about it like that, but the atmosphere definitely added to that. Yeah, one. big time. Mm-hmm. We actually just went to go see... Uh, the second one at the drive-in. So, How was it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's fantastic. Awesome. And yeah, it, it really is uh, a really great uh, continuation of the first film. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be anything. Like, I, I, I guess it doesn't feel like it's trying to be a sequel per se. Like, sure. and what I mean by that, it doesn't feel like. The studio is throwing all of the money against the wall and like making something happen. Mm. No, it feels like a true, genuine continuation of the story that they established. And uh, it, it was just fantastic. The acting, just the scares, really, really great. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of that is just so forced when they do sequel after sequel after sequel of something that yeah. you're like, okay, that's enough of this. And you can tell when a franchise is just being milked to mm-hmm. death and it's just really sad well you know? well saw is one of my favorite franchises that's ever been out there i love For the sure. saw movies but the first three are really good mm-hmm. and then you get to like four five six and you're like okay this <laughs> is the same thing over and over again well yes i do agree yeah there are some later ones that i feel like start to redeem themselves and Rhiannon and i actually just did a an episode uh of this and our, our show uh getting scared away we we tend to focus on uh one topic per episode so like one horror movie we try we try to like do a deep dive into or one franchise sure so we just did a deep dive into um 
the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. And I agree. The first three were great. However, <laughs> this is a controversial opinion. <laughs> I think the third movie is like, oh, God, I hate to say it. It's really not the best. It's really not good. No, it's not. It's But it, it's I definitely very much a Saw movie. Um, yeah. But I do feel like Saw 6 is like one of my favorite Saw movies. Really? I do, yeah. Because I feel like it does something totally unique and it kind of follows, it kind of follows the beat of its own drum. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. I feel like the other films started to kind of like fall into a formula and it was very much the same thing. Yeah, I will say that 6 is definitely better than 4 and 5 were. Yes. Um, maybe better than 3. I had a lot of problems with three you're right like it it, saw one was so well put together Mm -hmm. and left you wanting more and um saw two is actually the first one i saw the full length movie of oh really that blew my fucking mind (laughs) when i saw that like i think i was like 13 or 14 and i just thought the concept was so cool that Uh it was kind of like a labyrinth type of thing that they were doing with it and saw two is my favorite franchise and and then um the twist at the end with uh donnie Wahlberg is really cool like where he ends up just trapped in the basement again yeah (laughs) um but yeah after that it gets like Okay, we're slogging a little bit now and going through like four when that other cop is like the main guy. I was like, dude, okay, are we just running through everybody (laughs) at this point? I, yes, I can't. I, (laughs) I have thoughts on that. You know what my favorite part of that whole movie is? So, uh, there's a point after Donnie Wahlberg gets his head crushed in by the ice, which was weird in itself. Um, well, he wanted to be killed off. Yeah. He was like, I wanted to be killed off after the first movie I was in. Yeah. But then they just like kept him around. And he's like, just kill me. It made no sense. It made <laughs> Let no me sense die. If they would have just ended with that scene of him screaming his son's name and then you never saw him again, mm-hmm. that would have that yeah. been perfect. Like, I would have never needed to see anything else. He's yeah. trapped in that first room. Done deal. Boom. That's it. Um, but in the fourth one, after... Um, the the guy that you think is setting the whole thing up shoots the cop, and the cops out the floor ble- bleeding out, and the other guy's like, "Oh, you're so stupid," or whatever. And, and and the one the cop sitting on the floor, and he goes, "You fucking did this! You fucking did!" And the other guys, he's like, "No, no, I didn't do anything." And then he goes, and I quote, in the full range that he says it, "You fucking piece of shit." <laughs> That's the best part of that whole movie. The first time I ever saw that movie, I rewound that part like five times and I was laughing. Like I was like, why did you put the emphasis on that line like that? It was a character choice. It, you know, it needed a little bit extra spice. And he's like, I know what to do. Yeah, fucking pizza. And he's just laying on the, and you can tell he's just way over dramatizing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, and he's still collecting those those residual checks. Like, <laughs> I yeah, earned I this money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he did. That's great. Oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. But yes, I I do love the Saw franchise. Um, and I forget your original question. So there's well, that. we were we were talking about like uh, just what you kind of look for in a oh. horror movie i think almost either what you guys want to watch together or like oh, what yeah. makes franchises good for you pretty much anything like that we can go over i yeah, mean for sure i love talking about horror movies in general so mm-hmm. like we can literally dive into anything with this 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can talk about anything we want. Interesting. <laughs> well, um, when I was six years old. Oh, my God. I- <laughs> um, what is your – if you have, like, an ideal one that you go to and you're like, I could watch this horror movie over and over again, what is it? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I – that's a really good question. I have a few that I kind of jump to. Um, one of them being Trick or Treat. I don't know if you've ever you've ever seen Trick, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat's great, yeah. Um, that – I mean, of course, it's a Halloween-centered film, but there's something about it that, and it's if for those who haven't seen it, it's an anthology horror film, mm-hmm. but it's very, very charming, and it's very, very um, well put together and well constructed. All these stories weave into each other one way or another, and it's very smart. That's dope. Yeah. Um, and it was made by the the same person who did Krampus, uh, Michael Doherty. So oh, cool. it's got a similar similar vibe. But there's that one for sure. Uh, Rhiannon will give me shit until the day I die. But <laughs> Wes Craven's Cursed is one of my all time favorite <laughs> horror films. Okay, have you seen it? No, I okay. never have before. So <laughs> it's a it's a werewolf movie, um, starring Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg. And who else? Nick Offerman's in it for like a second. Um, it's a real weird, like yeah, this is er- interesting already. <laughs> early to mid two thousands, um, sort of teen slasher kind of horror thing. Mm-hmm. It's very, very confused. <laughs> like it doesn't really know what it is. <laughs> but that's because of a whole behind the scenes, you know, a lot of cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. But yeah, that tends to happen with a lot of scary movies. I feel like yeah, for sure. But. There's something about it that I can't shake, and I absolutely love it. I don't know if it's just like, if it's like a part of my brain that's just like, like the dumb part of my brain that's just like shouting and being like, I need something really stupid. Put it on now. I'm I'm your goopy goblin in the back of your brain. Put on a really terrible movie, and I'm like, okay, goopy goblin, let's watch a uh, cursed. Yeah, that's some of. The best ones, though, like the campy, really, really bad ones can be <laughs> the best one, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, dude. So Rhiannon hadn't seen that until a few months ago. Really? And she oh, was, my God. She was putting it off. She's like, ah, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Clowns are just like uh, a little too much for me. <laughs> and we put it on and she's like, that was fucking sick. Yeah. I loved that. It was Kind of ridiculous, but it's amazing because yeah. of how ridiculous it is. For sure, like with the boxing gloves when that guy when the clown punches that <laughs> guy's knock head, knock my block off, off. clean off. <laughs> just no, just clean separation, like an action figure head yeah. just being popped off by a child's <laughs> hand. It's just so silly. I adore yeah. it. Um, yeah, movies like that, and I think movies that are like self aware enough that they they know what they are and they're not trying to be anything more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that are are very much up my alley. So Julie and I just revisited one that. So I thought I liked it at first, mm-hmm. but then on the second watch of it, I was like. I don't think this was as good as I remembered it being. Oh, interesting. Have you ever seen the movie Don't Breathe? Um, yes. Oh, oh, yes. So when I saw it in theaters, I was like, okay, this is a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a cool, like, plot and everything like that. Yeah. And then um, I got it from, I think, Walmart or Target the one day. I didn't okay. pay for it, but I got it. Um, oh. Oh. Uh <laughs> Come get me. Um, Walmart, Target, if you're listening. <laughs> but we um, we were looking for something to watch 
like two weeks ago or so, and I had it on Blu-ray, so we threw it on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching it, and I was like, this is kind of bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> the the fact that there are Full three stop. people. So the one guy, the guy that gets killed immediately by this blind war vet, uh-huh. who's like the leader of the operation. I forgot that they were calling him money the entire movie. And I was is like, that what they were calling? I can't remember. Yeah, I was like, okay. oh, so we're being this stereotypical with this. <laughs> like, of course, the guy that wants to rob the house and like make the huge score is known as money, money. in like whatever public high school he goes to. <laughs> so there was that, and then nothing really happens. In that movie, for the most part, it's a slow burn. It's for a sure. slow burn for sure. And but it's then, meant. It's meant to feel. It's meant to feel tense. Yes. Um. Just through like, the um the atmosphere of it all. In the and in the theater it was, but when I was watching it at home, I was like, yeah, this definitely doesn't feel the same. <laughs> and then yeah, I had forgotten about specific details of the turkey baster no, scene no 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 yeah i'm i'm sorry to go <laughs> oh, no, into no, it no. but like there's uh, dripping oh god there's no, like no 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 thanks like what what were what were we doing where were we going with that ah, god. where where were we going you know it, i remember things like that from movies and then i'm like ah I don't think I want to watch this one again. Yeah, you know, uh, we forgot how specific it was to certain yeah. degrees, uh, and it was like, okay, that really wasn't necessary. Like, yeah, I it mean, would have been a like a truly great movie if they had trimmed the fat off of it a little bit. Sure, sure, yeah, I mean it, yeah, because I, I I don't know what the runtime was for it, but yeah, so a lot of movies kind of suffer from that. Um, that kind of thing that they're just too long. Yeah. You know, they don't need that much. Um, a movie that gets criticized a lot is something like, um, uh, Midsummer. I don't know if you've ever seen Midsummer. No, but Julie has, and she was really into it when she saw it. She said it was crazy. It's one of those movies that has people very divided. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved it. It's one of my favorite modern sort of art house kind of horror films. Sure. Um, but other people are like, it's so, freaking long and nothing happens and it's just boring and colorful it's colorful and boring yeah um which i can understand like it's not everyone's bag but you know a lot of movies do fall victim of just being so freaking long yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i have the attention span of a baby squirrel like i need i think that's probably why i like trick or treat so much is because it's a bunch of stories yeah all tied into one and it's, it's consumable you know so yeah, I can I can understand why Don't Breathe was maybe a little too yeah. too long for well, you. Well, that's why I almost prefer certain movies like uh, VHS or oh, totally. um, the ABCs of horror, like oh ABCs of death, ABCs of death. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Like all of um, all of those movies because I almost feel like if you could put a really cool story into like ten minutes, I'll take it. Yeah. Big time. If it's Sign a, me up. If it's a great story like that and you could capture my attention span for however long you need yeah. and like just bam, boom, and then you go on to the next one, I'm in. Sign I'm for the me ride up. For yeah, absolutely. I was just talking about the ABCs of death with someone today and how each one of those stories are so diverse and different. Uh, 
granted, there are some stinkers thrown in there. Yeah, there's some really bad ones. And for those who don't know what the ABCs, ABCs of death is, um, basically, uh, the creators of this anthology film put together, or they reached out to 26 different directors and writers mm. and said, hey, we are doing this film, uh, and we want you to create a short for this film. It's a series of shorts, and every short, you're given a letter so a letter of the alphabet and it was up to the creative team behind that letter to do whatever the hell they wanted mm-hmm. and uh I, they were given x amount of dollars to make it happen and what they had to do was say you know a is for apocalypse or b is for i don't know yeah Boulder i think or it something. was I, what, what was it it was like baba yaga and in, in that which is like bigfoot I oh think something that's like what that. that one was yeah, yeah, yeah something like that so that the directors themselves could you know make a a way that somebody would die based on that letter which yeah those movies are tons of fun cause... and it's cool because you get so many different styles of them too like some of them are animated some of them yeah. i remember they kind of do like certain like claymations for and stuff like for that. sure it's it's, it's mind-blowing how different the styles are that you could do those absolutely you get a taste of like so many different genres excuse me and subgenres of horror Mm -hmm. that it it, it's just yeah i I think it's a cool gateway into you know watching more yeah yeah you know what julie's into that i still have yet to really dive into i've seen a couple of them with her but the scream series dude which i know you guys like scream a lot love the scream series yeah the new one's coming out soon. It just wrapped production this week, I think. Yeah. Because I think it's such a great uh, – the stories I've seen of them have been really, really cool to follow. Mm-hmm. And just to see where everybody is now, like seeing Courtney Cox on it back in the day and seeing yeah. she is, David Arquette, all those like – all those people we grew up with to see. It's cool watching them now and seeing like – how young they were and how that <laughs> launches so many careers with it. Yeah. With them. It was really, really ahead of its time, especially the first Scream. Mm-hmm. It did things that nobody else in the genre was doing at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. So you haven't even seen the first one? No. Dude. We, I know. Uh, one of these days, you're coming over, we're watching Scream, and I need to know your, your full thoughts. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I want to get into that. Because yeah. Because I... I feel like I got into horror movies so late that I either binged them all at once or I missed a bunch of them. Mm. Like I'm still catching up on my Halloweens. Um, I've seen a bunch of them, but I still need you only uh, see you only need to see a few. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. That, that's fair. Um, I think I've seen every Final Destination. Um, oh, nice! Yeah. Which those freaked me out as like a kid <laughs> yeah. leading into a teenager, especially sure. that first one that. Um, that drop fucking dead scene where the girl gets hit the by bus. the bus. The first yep. time you see that, you're like, ah! <laughs> you're just... It really does come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time. And, and it's a, it's a really cool, uh, it's a cool, like, design for that whole series. Just having this yeah. thing that follows you around that you're not going to be able to escape. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have a face. It doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. But it's always there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's something, th- things like that are really, really spooky to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yet, I feel the same way about, like, you mentioned just feeling so behind on, like, franchises and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's how I am with, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, people, a, a lot of our friends, our mutual friends, are very deep into 
the MCU. Yeah. And I still haven't seen the first Avengers. Like, I'm very behind. (laughs) See, um, I've always been a superhero nerd, so it was very easy for me to dive into them, especially Mm -hmm. because... At the time the the first Avengers came out, especially, it was right in the middle of, like, the Chris Nolan films. Mm. So it was finally at that point with, like, films where it was like, if you were a superhero nerd, it was finally cool to come out of hiding (laughs) because so many other people were starting to realize, oh, this shit's pretty cool. Like, yeah. Suddenly it wasn't so dorky all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, it never was dorky. Exactly. (laughs) So, like, just to see that... An Avengers film was finally being put on screen, and everybody in that uh, franchise, which I praise them for, is cast so well. They oh, yeah. Ca- their casting is um, amazing, but it's a hike. Mm-hmm. You you have to, like, really pay attention and be in depth to get every single point through that. Well, and now, there not only are the movies alone super-duper long, mm-hmm. but there are so many. Yeah. There are so many stories and so many sidequels and, like, spinoffs. Um a, a buddy of mine, Patrick Galanti, mm-hmm. he um, he just sent me a whole spreadsheet of every property in the MCU, including some of like the animated stuff and mm-hmm. like things that maybe would tie into you know things in the uh, the MCU. Yeah, it's like five pages long. The spreadsheet, Jesus. and I'm like, thank you first and foremost, but also like <laughs> I don't know when I will have the time to do any of this i don't think anybody does it's it's like to start from the beginning it's crazy it's <laughs> i know you have to catch up on so much in order to because it all just came out within a series of like 15 years i'm still They're... getting over the the sam raimi spider-mans like with toby mcguire like, well I, I i talk about those on here just as much as i talk about any other mcu movie the, oh my god i love those movies so they're much. great especially spider-man 2 mm-hmm. like F me up. So I know. Good. I just had a whole debate with my younger brother on here because he always talks about how that movie doesn't hold up. And it's <gasps> like, shut your mouth. Get out of town. The second one is great. The first one is great. The third? Eh. The third is a movie. The third is a movie. It happened. <laughs> people saw it. Um, people saw it. And um, I may or may not own the Blu-ray. Venom was there from what I heard. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. D- debatable. Debatable. <laughs> Um, Sandman was also in it from what I heard. It, it's it's all over the place. I wish they didn't end that series on that note because that yeah. was just sad. <laughs> <sighs> That'll happen. Yeah. But you know what we did get out of it was a kick-ass dashboard confessional song. Out of <laughs> you see... You know, you count your blessings, man. Everything happens for a reason. It just does. <laughs> um, but I think that... If you didn't have those movies, um, the MCU would not be what it was today because that set the precedent of Tobey Maguire was great for the role at the time. He's yeah. he's a great Spider-Man. Wasn't necessarily the best Peter Parker because of how old looking he was. Well, yeah, uh, he had a very distinct look. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mary, uh, uh, Mary Jane, freaking uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst was a great Mary Jane. That's I like almost your said- ideal. I almost said Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, which, why did I? I was thinking like Emma Stone or something. Well, she, she was in the, she was Gwen Stacy. Yeah, in, another in the one. next series. Um, and then um, <clears throat> Alfred Molina when he played uh, Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Yeah. That's the perfect casting show. Willem Dafoe was Norman Osborn. That's uh, a, an awesome casting. Well, Willem Dafoe can do no wrong. Yeah, exactly. I, I just adore that man. Yeah, 
Exactly, and uh, then you have the best overall casting choice, which is Macho Man Randy Savage's Bone Saw in the first movie. <laughs> so good. And Ash Williams was the, uh, um, or not Ash, Bruce Campbell. I call him Ash Williams because that's who he played in Evil Dead. But yeah, yeah. Bruce Campbell, uh, who's a dear friend of Sam Raimi, was, uh, I think he made an appearance in all three in of all them. all of them. So, so he was the ring announcer in the first movie. Yeah. He's the um, usher at the theater in yes. the second movie. And then in the third movie, he's the waiter when he's going to propose to Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah. And in the third one, it's so easy to tell. Like, the first one takes you the longest to realize it's him because he has the sunglasses and the jacket and everything right. like that. Yeah, yeah. But, like... The second to third one, it's hilarious because you could tell they literally just threw a mustache on him. <laughs> like, they didn't even care at that point. They're like, all right, Bruce, get in the makeup chair. You only have about five seconds and you're on. Yeah. Hook me up with a movie role like that. I need that. <laughs> I need that in my life. Yeah. Big time. Sign me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I love, love, love the first trilogy, the Spider-Man yeah. trilogy. Um, I haven't seen the Andrew Garfield films. Don't. Okay. Well, uh, so... <laughs> I like him a lot. I think he's just an excellent actor. Yeah. I think he was great. Um, the writing is all over the place. Mm. It's all over the place. I was very excited for those movies to come out. And then the first one came out, and I remember you left the theater and you were almost like, okay, this has a sense of promise. Like, this mm-hmm. wasn't the best movie, yeah. but we can move forward from here. Right. And then, oh my God, the second one was God... Awful. Really? It's so bad. Oh, that it's sucks. so it's it's so heartbreaking because they, What made it bad? Um so there's a lot that has to do with it. Um they rushed a lot of things, I feel like. So they introduced Harry Osborne in the second movie. Okay. And then they immediately turned him into the Green Goblin. Oh. Like he got it was weird because he got back from like Europe. He had been at school for a while and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then like his his dad dies, so Norman Osborn dies, and um, he and Peter reaches out to Harry, and he's like, "Hey, I heard you're back in town," and they hang out like once, <laughs> and then like in like forty five min- minutes later into the movie, he's like, "Oh, he's my best friend," like all this, and it's like <laughs> you have like, no relationship with what? this guy, Are you like just- at all. Um, they set up. There were six different storylines happening in that movie all at the same time. Oh God! So you're going, okay, we're here. Oh, we're back to this. Oh one. no, no. Oh, okay, no, we're no. back to this one. Okay, we're back to that. Like it was like um, he's trying to figure out uh, the mystery of his parents and what happened to them, and he's trying to um, <sighs> then like he's dealing with something with Aunt May, and no, then um, a- him and Emma Stone are broken up. So like, oh, it, so it. like there's the love line between them and then harry comes back and at the same time jamie fox is running around as electro and like so there's there's a million different things at one point there are um two montages with music (laughs) within five minutes oh no it's bad it's 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 bad they weren't weren't even trying at that point yeah um the whole uh the whole movie is an ad for sony and uh adidas products because it's, it's, it's just everywhere through the whole thing and then they in the trailer for that movie specifically sorry to ruin this for you if you were planning on watching this in the future but you know what i'm saving you a headache i appreciate it totally honest thank you so much um they showed they previewed Rhino being in that movie, who's oh, who's like 
one of the cooler Spider-Man villains you could put in there. Yeah. So he's at the beginning is like this henchman, and oh my god, I feel, oh um um Paul Giamatti plays him. Rhino. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, so he he. <laughs> He plays him, and then, like, at the beginning, he's just, like, this angry, like, truck driver, henchman, like, type of dude. And then um, at the end, he comes back in, like, this, like, this rhino suit that's full scale. And, like, um, Gwen Stacy dies in the comic book, so she dies in this. That's another Mm -hmm. thing that they rushed, too. They could have, like... I was like, why did you – because the whole movie, they're going back and forth. Are we going to be together? Are we not? Are we that? And then he decides he's going overseas with her to Oxford or whatever. Okay. And then they kill her. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Why do you build me up, Buttercup? Um, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So – and then he's like not Spider-Man for a while and then Rhino comes out and there's this kid in a Spider-Man costume that stands in front of him and then <laughs> – Andrew Garfield shows up and like the kids like oh I knew you'd be back and then in the trailer for this movie they showed like this cool clip of like Spider-Man and Rhino about to fight so you're like oh cool this movie's gonna end on this really high note so they're running at each other and they they like cut to this slow-mo of them throwing the first punch at each other uh-huh. and the movie ends <gasps> how in the world dare you Spider-Man 2 yeah Get real. Even in um, I remember specifically when Honest Trailers did. Uh, oh no, <laughs> did, did um, we're not Honest Trailers. Um, Cinema Sins. Yeah, yeah, you know, same same, same umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they did uh, they did Cinema Sins for uh that movie. Oh dear. And I remember him getting to that scene. and He's like, oh, this look cool in the preview. I can't wait to see what this turns it. It's over. <laughs> Fuck you, then. Like just. <laughs> but like for real, like why? Why even go there? Yeah. Why even set that up? Mm-hmm. That's just. I know. I, it it made no sense. And they were planning this whole sinister six thing and stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember leaving the theater, and I was so mad that I was almost crying because I because <sighs> Spider Man's such a beloved superhero too that it's like oh, how yeah. are you gonna. F- how are you going to fuck this franchise up like this? <sighs> that's that's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, luckily, I think Tom Holland is like probably the He's best the Spider-Man that we've, Spider-Man. we've seen. Um, live action Spider-Man. And I, kn- and I know you need to catch up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spider-Man Far From Home is my favorite Spider-Man they've ever done. Can I tell you a real quick story about sure, that? Go okay. for it. So speaking of, <laughs> I brought it up earlier, but the movie Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Rhiannon and I went to go see it in theaters. And we get to the theater. um, and and the person tearing tickets took our tickets and said, okay, it's going to be theater, I don't know, theater three on your left. So we're like, okay, thank you. So we go into the theater and we sit down. There's only one other couple in there. And it's an older couple. And there's um, something for Spider-Man playing. And we're like, oh, they're doing like one of those like pre-movie feature, featurette type things. Um so we, we get our seats and we're, we're sitting down and we're kind of being a little disruptive. <laughs> we're kind of just like, I don't know, doing our own thing. Sure. And the couple keeps like looking back at us and we're like, oh, sorry, like whatever. It's only the featurette before the movie. Like who cares? So come to find out, oh, no. we entered the wrong theater <laughs> and the post credit <sighs> scene for Spider-Man Far From Home was playing. Oh, no. With... Uh, what's his face's character? Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Mysterio. So that whole thing happened, and we watched the whole thing play out. And <laughs> we're like, 
No. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were so mad. Wow. Um, but then we got up and we went to the correct theater and uh, watched Midsummer. <laughs> so, yeah, th- I didn't even have to see that movie for it to be spoiled wow. for me. <laughs> I, it's, you know what? Still worth watching. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Jake Gyllenhaal. So he's one of my favorite actors in general. Oh, I love Jake he's Gyllenhaal. He's great. He's fantastic in anything he's mm-hmm. been in. He's really good. Um but Mysterio is also one of my favorite um, villains, and mm-hmm. it's villain slash antiheroes from uh, the MCU, and his portrayal, spot on. Oh, right on, spot on. Of how I love to it. Do it. it. He was he was incredible because um, it's a sin that they didn't call him Bubble Boy. But y- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I hate you. No, you're <laughs> but it was. You per- know what? No, I'm not sorry. Don't be. Um, it, it's perfect for him though because he's um, in the comic books. He's a disgruntled actor. Okay. So like when he takes the form of and Mysterio can portray a bunch of different things and make different things appear that like aren't there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he takes that on, he's like super convincing with it and stuff like that. So it was perfect for him. Who's like really like big into the acting craft and stuff like that to yeah. be able to portray him because he really kept him like a straightforward guy. It was oh wow! Really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. You yeah. love to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really great. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of those rare talents that you know he he's a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. You know he's just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, um, Nightcrawler, dude, ugh. Ugh. just great. Oh, he freaked me out in that movie. So big time. Bad. He was so eerie and just like slimy, and he like really just played the character like they, he just yeah, like he, he wasn't he trying did nothing yeah he he didn't reach for it he yeah. just he did it he wasn't trying to be tr- well ricky nice job making a sentence he wasn't trying to play like an evil character he wasn't trying to be a bad guy you know what i mean like and that's what makes the evil characters in films work yeah <laughs> is when they're not trying to be the evil conniving you know, s- scheming character. Yeah. And he was just playing a dude mm-hmm. and the dude happened to be doing some fucked up stuff. But to him, he's like, this Perfectly is normal. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. It, that kind of, yeah. Acting is just phenomenal. Great. I love that. That's how I felt. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Kingsman. No, I've still not um, seen it. So Samuel L. Jackson, when he's, cause they kind of do it as almost like a modern day bond film. Like okay. really campy and like colorful. And oh, like, I love it! It's 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 beautiful. It's really beautifully done. Nice. Um, but when Samuel L. Jackson's explaining like his plot and his reasoning, you're like, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, okay. Like okay, yeah, I see like, it. Even though he's this campy villain, you're like, yeah, no, no you're I not get wrong. it. Like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's talking about he's like uh, Mother Nature is sick. And it constantly is creating natural disasters because we're the disease. And, like, so it's trying to naturally get rid of us. But we keep saying it. I was like, damn. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, in a, in a way, you're not wrong. Um, but, yeah, definitely worth watching if you have a free night. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's one of the movies that has been on my list for far too long. Mm-hmm. That and Baby Driver. Um, Ooh, yeah. Which I feel, were they done by the same people? I feel like. I feel like somebody might have told me that. Yeah, I, probably in the same world or something. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I still have to get around. There's there's just too many things. Too many acting things <laughs> Too many things to watch. Um, so jumping <clears throat> off from that, pre-pandemic, uh, you were and still are um, a very 
talented and recognized actor in the Buffalo area. Oh, Lord. Um, so there's this weird dynamic that's been on the podcast from, like, the actors I've interviewed. So I feel like a lot of people are saying, like, I can't wait to get back or this taught me a lot of things and I don't know where to go mm. from this point. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel you lie in that conversation? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Uh, it's tough. Um, it, it's really tough. I, I wish I could give you a cut and dry sort of answer. You don't need um, to. You know, yeah, because obviously none of us have ever experienced anything like the year we've just experienced. And of course, it was far more horrible and, and hard to deal with than than others. Um, but nonetheless, like it all it made everybody kind of figure out it forced everyone into figuring out their own shit Mm -hmm. um i guess and yeah like post or i'm sorry pre-pandemic and let's let's get one thing like straight i was very lucky you know i i was lucky to have been able to work on as many projects as i did um you know it it was obviously I'm, i'm very grateful for what I got to do, but it was a lot, you know, especially sometimes I felt very overwhelmed. Like I was taking on, you know, like my projects were just like running right into each other and I didn't have time to just like kind of decompress. Sure. Um, and again, like it's, it's a stupid thing to complain about, but again, cause I was very lucky, but still like I was finding times when like I was starting to not feel the best I could feel, you know? And then COVID happened and suddenly nothing is happening. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, like that it's very uh, jarring, you know, it's so sudden. Uh, so it forced, like I said, everyone to kind of figure out their own stuff. And that's kind of when the podcast came in and I really enjoyed uh, and still enjoy uh, doing it, but it was different. Mm-hmm. It was something new. And I think it took all that free time that I suddenly had to, get back into writing music again. Um, you know, I, before I did theater, I was playing, uh, in bands most of my life. Yeah. You know, I was either, you know, playing rhythm or lead guitar in, in bands or, um, the band I was, I played with for the longest, uh, letter set, we were called, I played bass for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that band specifically took up so much of my time. Um, you know, and it was obviously such a great experience, but suddenly I was no longer doing that. And then I was like fully doing theater. Yeah. So music took a huge uh, step back. So I got back into writing music Good. and started working on just like my own songs. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I at one point had a idea that I might like make a like EP or something and just like put it out somewhere. Um I don't know if I'll still do still do that or what, but um, I also tend to write <laughs> a lot of different genres. Yeah, everything from like s- like folky pop to like <laughs> deathcore. Like I write like you know. Well, I know I know your music taste, and it varies in a really cool way. Like you and I have always gotten along really well when it comes to like certain music and like certain like artists and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I know that you don't just stick with one. Like 
you'll be in like the rock genre, but you'll go alt rock, you'll go death metal, you'll go mm-hmm. um like we saw Fallout Boy together. Like, yeah, and like Wiz was on that show and like yeah. do that. <laughs> um, I remember listening to the second Marshall Mathers LP with you in yeah. the iguana dressing room. So like, oh, yeah. it, I think it's amazing that you're getting back into that. Like that oh, makes awesome. me really, really happy to, and don't front too. So you do rhythm, uh, uh, lead and rhythm guitar. You play bass and you know your way around a fucking drum set too. Well, you but, do. I, but I never played drums for anybody. I know. I just dibble dabble. Um, but yeah, I, I I just have always enjoyed. I grew up on music, so yeah. it was just my the thing that I gravitated to most. Actually, <laughs> I don't know if I ever told this to you, but I originally auditioned to be a music ed major at Buff State. Really, I did, I did, and they turned down my audition. Wow! And because at the time I was terrible at sight reading, just so so bad at sight reading. Um. So I, I definitely can't blame them at all. But luckily, I found theater and fell into doing theater. Yeah. So to get back to your original question, I went on a huge tangent. So forgive me. No, you, um, Ricky, you can talk about whatever you want to <laughs> with this show. Don't ever apologize. Oh, shucks. So, uh, yes, to, to get back to your question, though, I I do feel good um, about getting back into the swing of things with theater. Um, you know, we're we're in rehearsals now for the the touring Shakespeare production that's hey. happening this summer, which has been very challenging. Don't get me wrong, because I've never done Shakespeare in the park before, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've been away from that language for a while. Um, so it's been that's been a uh, challenge in and of itself. Not only getting back into theater, but jumping right into um, Shakespeare and iambic pentameter. So yeah, uh, it's been it's been a challenge, but it's a good challenge, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm enjoying that part of it. Yeah. Pause real quick. So again, I mentioned this last week. Shakespeare in Delaware Park dot org to get tickets for both of our shows because I'm in the one that's actually in the park too. I'm the, hey. the, the midsummer one. Um, remind me the title of yours. It's called Shakespeare and Love. And Love. That's yes. what I thought. Shakespeare and Love and A Midsummer Night's Walk. Both of those register for because spots are filling up really, really quick for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I was, like, always uh, going back and forth during the pandemic with what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and what I wanted to get back from it. And um, when Lisa called me for uh, to ask me about the park, I was like... Okay, so I'm jumping right back in, and we're doing Shakespeare first. <laughs> Surprise! Okay, like, here we go. Um, but do you find you appreciate it more, too, now that you're at rehearsals? Like, looking around, like, I haven't been able to do this for so long. Oh, 100%. Yeah, a big time. You know, just being in the room and working on things with the people that you love, like, it, it really does, it feels good. It feels right, you know? It's, it's a good vibe, and... That kind of feeling has been absent for a, a good amount of time. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so that part of it, I'm very, very much um, excited about. Mm-hmm. You know, I. But again, I'll, I'll be totally honest on the. I'll be totally honest on the flip side. I want to keep pursuing music since sure. I've been in that path now, and that's kind of when or that's been where my head has been at. Uh, I want to keep writing and doing stuff. I've I've been lucky enough to to work on a few smaller projects with people, kind of you know, in our free time. Right, like Matt Devita, who was just on your show, mm-hmm. him and I have been sending 
tracks to one another working on like this pop punk song oh cool so that's been fun um so yeah i'm i'm glad that i'm getting back into theater but also i don't want to stop doing music because when i did stop doing music it didn't it did feel like something was missing Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i i i highly encourage you to keep doing that because you've always been very very good in that realm and it's important to keep track of both and I know from experience as well that, like, if you let that stuff kind of fall to the wayside, it's easy to keep that going. And, like, getting back into it is, like, the hardest part of everything. Like, Mm -hmm. I've been telling myself for, like, two years that I need to get back in voice lessons. And I do. Like, I absolutely do need to get back into them and, like, get my, you know, what where I want my voice to be with everything. But, um it's just a lot of time and you need to have that every time. But when you can think a lot like that, you realize those things like, Oh, I'm missing this part of my life. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really, really good that you got part of that back and you have that realization now. Yeah. And thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good about it now and I'm still kind of still getting my feet wet again Mm -hmm. with, with it, but it it feels like it's in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'm so happy for you. Well, like one of the first things I ever saw you do was um, when I saw you in Working. That's the first time I ever saw you. Um, Damn, yeah. And you had a lot of, um, like, I remember you played guitar a lot during that show for a couple Mm -hmm. of numbers. And your voice is gorgeous when you sing. Like, honestly, it is. Well, you know, at that time, uh, when we were in school together, my voice was not nearly where i've gotten it to be now like i've i've spent a lot of time working on it sure um and trying to make it you know sound and feel good mm-hmm. um and i I, took, I agree with why like i don't mean that in a no no way at all. i don't take I offense at all grown in ex, like exponential ways with it thank well that's very kind but like at that time again i was a musician musician first mm-hmm. you know i was definitely like that's where my head was and i think that, again that's a reason why i didn't get into the voice programs cuz my voice just wasn't where it needed to be sure yet um and yeah w- without you know sounding you know a certain way now but like i feel like my voice now i'm i'm much more comfortable with it and yes. happy about how i sound cuz back then I was a guitar player first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which nothing wrong with that in any yeah. sense. Of the no, word. not at all. Yeah. But you um you're really really good in that realm and I think you definitely should keep doing that alongside. Like, you know, guys like Steve Cops have been he put out uh an EP over yeah. um over the pandemic and mm-hmm. I think it's great that people are like getting back into their comfort zones with certain things for sure or making like rediscoveries in their life i wasted a lot of my time playing like call of duty Warzone. so (laughs) (laughs) now hold on i wouldn't say it's a waste of time Uh, uh, yeah yeah, it's probably (laughs) not but it's when you're sitting there playing it all day yeah, yeah, absolutely. It (laughs) It builds focus and it builds discipline (laughs) and uh... but i remember um I remember pre-pandemic, I was working on a show with Dave Marcinia. You know Dave. Oh, I love Dave. Um, he's he's the best. I hope to have him on here one day. Um, but he, uh, him and I were having a conversation and just really being like open with each other because we've kind of always been that way. And um, he was saying that uh, he needs to kind of like calm down with certain shows and, mm. and things like that. And I was agreeing because we were both saying like, I feel burnt out. And some of these people don't know my worth and, mm. like, don't know 
um, how to kind of like treat me the right way and like sure you know and like now that like I'm at a certain point with where I am like referring to the both of us when we were talking about this mm-hmm. um, we deserve to kind of like respect ourselves in that sense yeah and I think that's so important to like recognize when you've had enough and when and I think that's why so many people are realizing they're burnt out yeah yeah totally um yeah, that that's a good way of putting it, mm-hmm. you know. Um Yeah, like I've never really thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's odd. But like you think about it like the season before uh the pandemic happened for us, mm-hmm. with us in particular, we're jumping from West Side Story, which took up so much of our time, mm-hmm. um right into Boys. Yep. And that took up uh, uh so much of our time as yep. well and it's like you realize after a while, I'm just like running from one place to another and not giving my body the respect it needs to like heal yeah, and recover and things. Totally. And that's kind of what I alluded to earlier. Like you're and you were absolutely in a very similar position. I've seen you in that position, you know, just going from show to show and sometimes going from one re- one rehearsal to another rehearsal. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, uh, you don't have room to just like collect yourself nope. and just just catch your breath. But again, like going back, like. To be in that kind of position, you're absolutely very lucky, mm-hmm. you know, to get to get to do that. Because um, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people in town that I know who are like, I just can't get my foot in the door. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. And Isn't that crazy? It, it is crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It takes a while. Like you definitely. I was lucky enough to be in like right place, right time kind of mm-hmm. scenarios. Same. Um, and yeah. it, but like it doesn't work out like that. I've seen so many talented people that like. They're like, I don't know, I I don't think I'm gonna do this anymore. Which it's like, it's that's not true. Like the right thing just has to open up for you, like and you'll get there. But yeah, it can be heartbreaking. It can be like really sure. disheartening to be in that position. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not fun, but definitely right place, right time. Like mm-hmm. that's that's how that's how it happens. Yeah. Um, I remember. Uh, for 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 me, I think what kind of helped springboard me into working more like downtown kind of. Uh, gigs was uh, I did a performance at the Lockport Palace and it was the Little Mermaid and I played Prince Eric mm-hmm. um, which also by the way in costume and like in makeup I looked fully like Nicolas Cage in the 80s <laughs> like big time <laughs> Nicolas Cage in the 80s and oh, it was man. it was something to see but nonetheless um, <laughs> I did the show and uh, a buddy of mine have you, do you know Sean Murphy um, I know of him. We've talked in the past, but I've never okay. met him in person. Gotcha. He's just the best people. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I, he I, seems like it. He's just great. Uh, he uh, he messaged me after he saw the show. He's like, hey, I don't know if you, you know, but um, there's a theater in town that's doing auditions for a show called Big Fish. And I, I think you would be great for uh, this certain part that they're looking for. And I was like, oh, that that sounds great. Like, I'll... I'll give them my info and sean's like i already told them all about you they're expecting you to email them i'm oh like my oh, God. oh okay so i go to do the audition and luckily i i was able to do the show and then uh so michael walleen directed big fish mm-hmm. and uh that was my first time really meeting him and from that he saw me sing and saw me you know act a little bit and he's like hey i'm also working on a show um at musical fair called ragtime 
there's callbacks tonight. Can you be there in like an hour? Wow. And I'm like, oh, sure. I don't have anything prepared, but I'll be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just sang my song from Big Fish <laughs> for the ragtime audition. And then, um, you know, luckily that ended up, ended up working out too. So again, right place, right time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how the pattern kind of happened for me. Yeah. That's always kind of how it happens. I feel like mm-hmm. you just kind of fall into a place and then you either kind of get rolling from there or mm-hmm. you like just keep looking but it's it's a grind it for really sure is and it's absolutely make no mistake yeah yeah and like even with the positions like that i feel like we've worked towards i found myself kind of scared over the pandemic because i was like are people gonna like forget i exist when i get <laughs> out of here or are they, are they gonna call me again like what's What's happening with that? So there's yeah. there's like a lot of like self-reflection you have to go through with this profession and it yeah, sucks, totally. but it's it, – it, I'm so happy that um, one, that you're coming out of this and immediately getting work again and two, that you've been able to get so much because I feel like you and I kind of – like almost past like ships in the night in college. <laughs> yeah. And then a lot of our work outside of it, we finally gotten to do this year and hopefully we'll continue to do like throughout the next couple. For sure. Well, I mean, not blowing smoke, but like anytime I've gotten to work with you on something, it's always just been so much fun. Oh my God. Stop. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Oh. Um, not anytime. <laughs> uh, so the first, <laughs> Uh, well, let's go to so I'll, I'll backtrack again. So I saw you. So, so I saw you in working in college, right? Yes. Um, which I actually so fun fact about that musical. I did that musical in high school, and I was like, "Does anybody know what the fuck this show is? <laughs> like, does anybody like?" And because I was in high school at a public high school, uh-huh. tons of pages got like totally just ripped from the script. Like, sure, like half the fireman's monologue about the dude getting the hand job and everything like like that, like <laughs> just gone, gone, like all that. Right. Um. So I was like, do people know what this is? And and because <laughs> so there's like that hierarchy in high school. I I think you probably know this where. Like, the seniors get, like, kind of the lead parts and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that year, there was no, like, clear-cut senior for, like, a lead. So it turned into, like, 15 people kind of taking each part that was going. Right. So, oh, my God. This sounds so (laughs) terrible now that I'm saying it. Um, My song in it uh, was the Migrant Worker song. No one else at the school could do it. Like, let's be perfectly honest. Let's be real. I'm in North Tonawanda, New York. There's five dark people, including myself, and two of them are my brothers. One of them is my dad. So, like, it, it was it was not, like, the most smooth experience with that. Yeah. So I... <laughs> okay. You had such a tiny voice. Um <laughs> So when I saw you uh, before I was a theater major, when I saw you in working, I was like, oh, so this is how this musical is supposed to be done. Mm. First off. Second off, you guys had like 10 people in that cast. So it, it was, was a small cool. cast. It was yeah. cool that it was ensemble based like mm-hmm. that. And then you actually came into Maureen's class to talk um, after that show had ended. Oh, yeah. And I was in that class. 
Oh, no did. kidding. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, people are doing this. And I was still at this mindset at the time where I was like, I don't think I'm good enough to be, like, in the theater department or still do these things. So I was, just, I was a, a history major at the time okay. going in. So, like, you wanted to be a music ed. I wanted yeah. to be a history major at first. Look at that. With um, a minor in theater. Then it turned into a major, and here we are sitting here. Yeah. Hey, look at us. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> um, so then um, – I told the story about Iguana on here before with how I got cast, but I had met Don when I was interviewing uh, for the department, and then after I had auditioned, he had liked it, and he gave me um, the the part of Pedro, which I ended up keeping for the whole show. Mm -hmm. But then um, when the cast list went up, this sounds so creepy in hindsight, but like I needed to know, I kind of Facebook stalked (laughs) some of the people that were in the cast. Yeah. Because I knew like... Um, Sam uh, Roach Cantangelo now had sat behind me in, in uh, Italian, uh, like just in a random class. So I knew her. Okay, but I didn't really know anybody else that at the time in the department at all. Wow. So I'm looking through Facebook, and I I search like, oh, Ricky Nita or whatever. <laughs> right? Don't don't hate me for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, but I looked. I saw I saw you, and I was like. Holy shit! That's the dude from working. I was like, oh, I really liked him. Like, and then your, your picture was with Rhiannon, and she had been in one of my math classes. And I was like, uh huh. Oh, they're together. <laughs> oh, okay. Like that. That kind of makes sense. She does not remember that I was in this class at all. Which oh, that makes hilarious. sense because I like. Well, at the time, I didn't talk to anybody, so yeah. like, I just sat in the class. I did my work. I went home. Like oh my that's gosh. that's how it was. But then, so I was so intimidated going into Iguana. Yeah, but. You guys made that such a fun, like you especially, like you, Brittany Wysocki, Sam, you guys made that such a fun experience for me. I know there were a lot of negatives that came from that show, but making friends with that was so hard for me at the time. Yeah. And the fact that you guys were my first group for that always has like such a special place. Oh, damn, dude. Yeah. It really does. It's so nice. Because then, um, well, because I, you know, like I said, I had seen you. So, like, just, like, being next to you in the dressing room. And, like, I don't know if you remember this interaction. But one of the first times we interacted, we were playing Zip Zap Zop as a (laughs) warm-up. Okay. And I, like, I kind of no-looked and, like, shot it at you. And, like, we were kind of, like, I'm, like, who's out? And, like, what's going (laughs) on? And we both, like, kind of, like, we stopped and kind of, like, it got into it. We were like, all right, just restart it. And then you shot it over to me. So, like, it was like zip. And then you go, zap! And, like, <laughs> shot it at me. And I just started laughing so hard that I just walked away from the circle. I was like, you got that one. That sounds like but something like, I would have done. But, but from that point, I was like, okay, I really like it. Like, I really... <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, well, first of all, Zip Zap Zop, I, t- I took way too much pride in that game. <laughs> it was unhealthy. I mean, I think everybody gets a little competitive in that game. Yeah, that's fair. That's it, totally fair. For those listening that don't know this game, it's your typical theater warm-up, but it gets heated. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, gets especially crazy. especially when you're playing with certain people, like yeah. like me, yeah. who like to an unhealthy level get into it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fully admit. <laughs> I mean, it happens. What are you gonna do? <laughs> that's why I haven't played it in X amount of years. I mean, but it's it's still good for kids to be able. That's such a oh, good totally. coordination one. It's yeah, to, like, learn and things like well, that. But. When I was doing theater with, uh, when I was working for the Lancaster Youth Bureau in that program, I, that's that was one of the first things I worked on with my kids. Was, yeah. All right, this is gonna help us just kind of keep 
uh, I don't know, like the group sort of mindset consistent and we're all going to be on the same page together. We're yeah. all going to have lots of fun and we're going to get to, you know, I, I don't know. I'm explaining it poorly. But, no, that's that's um, you're explaining it the exact right way. I know exactly what you mean. So and then we would play it and the kids would have so much fun with it, first of all, but also not realize what the purpose of the game was. Sure. Which was, you know, to kind of have a communal sort of thing yeah you know what i mean get everybody on the same page and start the day with it end the day with it and and that sort of feel so that, that's important for kids to learn to like you got to be with the team like the whole time you're here you cannot like each other like outside of the room but yeah. when you're here you got to be it's a group effort other. man mm-hmm. absolutely big time um so yeah that was that was uh that's a game that i probably won't rush to play anytime soon <laughs> But it brought us together. So it brought again, us together. Look, at us. look, hey, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was one of the few positive parts of that whole experience was being around <laughs> you guys and getting through that nightmare together. Your part was fun, at least. In my, I had a freaking blast, dude. Yeah. Also, I'm going to talk about my part. But second of all, do you have Wi-Fi? Because I need to clock out of work. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I might. Here, let me turn my hotspot on, maybe. <laughs> This is happening live, folks. This is this is quality content for the listeners. You you can cut this out if you like. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, yeah, that. So, for those who don't know, Tennessee Williams wrote "Night at the Iguana," and it was kind of his last one before he went off the deep end a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it takes a certain uh, quality to be able to like enjoy it and appreciate it and like it's very wordy yes it's a it's a it is a very wordy show and some of our cast members had a hard time memorizing um well some of them were checked out <laughs> you know um you yeah. could probably connect to my wi-fi on my hotspot oh, daniel torres's phone yeah what's that what's that uh password me boy uh, capital s a t c h one six oh seven Nobody try that anywhere. No, I'm just I'm t- You could have cut it out, but you it's decided fine. to keep it in, you, you scoundrel. I'll bleep it if I need to. I liked using the sensor at certain points. Oh, I think- yes. We had a sensor for um, the episode we did with Michael Wachowiak, <laughs> and <laughs> we were talking about a spoiler and for, for a movie, and now the movie's been out for X amount of time. So the movie is called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Okay. And... It's a comedy with Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious, first of all, but it has a great cameo. And if you don't want to know what it is, just skip ahead 10 seconds. Yeah, exactly. But it's Reba McIntyre. She shows up at the very end. And her cameo is the funniest thing ever. But That's we did, amazing. <laughs> we didn't want to spoil it. So I just put in a really obnoxious beep <laughs> in place of it. <laughs> That's incredible. Got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so I'd be, um, I'd be really, 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 really slacking at my job if I didn't bring up your improv career and how. Oh Lord! It, and I know it's been a while, but it's been a while. You are still, you are still <laughs> uh, one of my favorites to watch. Um, I think because you taught my whole class kind of how to do everything with certain aspects. I think you'll always have like a really special place with a lot of people like that. But how did you get into um, improv at first? 
Oh man. Well, first of all, that that's very nice of you to say. Um, <laughs> it was it was fully my pleasure. Um, but I got into it uh, sort of by accident because I was brand new to Buff State and I didn't know my way around. I was just a little cherub, and <laughs> um, Lee Becker was the person to give us our tour, all mm-hmm. the theater majors. So Lee was showing us around campus and. Um, we we made our way into the Donald Savage building, mm-hmm. and in there they were doing something for FNL. I don't think it was. Oh, I think you know what? I think it was just like a, a introductory program for all of the um, the new students. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, the the people who were in FNL at the time were sort of introducing us to what they did, and at that time FNL was something very different from what it sort of developed into now sure um it was very much more like bare bones sort of grassroots um sort of rough around the edges just kind of kids doing improv kind of wild west kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah very much it was just kind of <laughs> let's figure it out on the fly sure and i there was something about it that just looked so appealing to me it looked so fun because these strangers who i'd never met before were getting us to feel so comfortable working with each other in these like workshops they were doing and yeah. these little exercises. I was like, this is like, I've never done this before. How do I get to do more of this? I need, I need more. So, um, I sort of put myself out there and I wanted, I reached out to Lee and he was like, yeah, they're, they're doing auditions in a week. Why don't you come by and check it out? And, at the time, I don't think freshmen were necessarily necessarily allowed to audition, mm-hmm. but I, I went there with uh, Trevor Hall and Jeremy Melendez. Ah, oh, two amazing people. <laughs> Just the greatest people. So the three of us went and tried out, and sure enough, they liked us enough, and we all got on, and it was just, it, all, again, all by accident. Like, I didn't know what it was, but they just sort of... Um, Brought, took us under their wing, and yeah. I ended up falling in love with it. That's how the best things happen. Yeah, is when you're not expecting it. A big time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you it, and you stayed in there um, through your whole college career, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole time. Wow. Yeah, and I kind of um, I watched it sort of grow and become something totally different. Like by the time I had left, we we had gone from performing primarily in the um either in the the union in like the social hall or whichever yeah. the smaller one was or the donald savage building in the round we went from performing there to performing on the main stage at buff state yeah which was like nuts those shows were so fun those well, main stage shows that we got to do it's so much fun yeah. and and people from campus like it became like the thing to do on Fridays, which yeah. was wild. Yeah, and you know? isn't that crazy to think about? Like all these people wanting to come see other college students instead of like going out to a party. Yeah, they make, chose to come watch us do yeah, improv and make complete fools of ourselves most of the time. Right, but in the best way. In the best way. <laughs> and like my parents would come at like eleven thirty at night on a Friday. Yeah, which is far past their bedtime. Yeah, um, but. Not only did they come to like support me, but they came because they genuinely enjoyed the show that we would put on every week, mm-hmm. which was like the best compliment, <laughs> yeah, you know you could receive as as a, a theater kid, yeah, 
Now, did you watch um, like Whose Line and stuff growing up, or had you had oh, yeah. exposure like that? Yeah, so I think that was another reason why my parents would come all the time is because I would always watch Whose Line with my parents after dinner, you know, whatever. We would always watch it as a family, and it was just the the thing to do. Yeah, and now I just found out that. All of the seasons of Whose Line are on uh, HBO Max. I've been watching them. Yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's been making me want to do it again. I know. I would Same. love in the future. Uh, I'd have to find the right way to develop this, but you know, maybe I'm talking to the right person. But like, an improv podcast would be. Well, have you ever listened to Comedy Bang Bang? Yeah, that's basically what. Basically, it's... but something di- more like game style and stuff like that. I would Ooh. love to like. You know, like team based stuff, like bringing in like different people every week. I, I know, can, like Dan and Preston would be down for it. I, I know there that. are certain other people that would be down for <laughs> it. So, like, I like where your head is at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, you know, it would it would take some work and some development and things like that. It would, but, but I think uh, there are some super fucking talented and funny people uh, in our sort of immediate core group of friends yeah, who I would, would agree love who would jump to that mm-hmm. and can i just say i know she's not here and i don't know if she'll listen to this but i am so sad that i didn't get to perform more with julie oh my god because she's one of the funniest motherfuckers i have ever seen perform she's going to listen to this so you don't understand what you just did because she's going to listen to this and she's going to pace around her room for five minutes going, oh, my God. I can't believe he just said that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's it's, so no. fucking – she's the funny one in the relationship. I've she's admitted hilarious. it before. She's so fucking funny. It's, it's not fair. It's not. <laughs> it's not fair because she's quick. She's quick. She is. Yeah. She, she doesn't miss a beat. It, what she said something i wish i could remember what she said but on my birthday she burned my dad so hard <laughs> and it was like it was just because like she was quick to it like yeah, she just she like, kind of said it and like my dad was like oh i used to really like you but like now i don't know like i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's going on i don't know if i like you more yeah, or if i hate you he's, suddenly he's like i used to think that that you really liked my and julie's like no it wasn't anything against you <laughs> She's so funny. The other, so we have. Um, she has, she has like good instincts. Like, yeah, she's always like on the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. She's got a real natural knack for it. Like, yes. and her and um, it, I know they talked about this a little on here, but they've been working on it more since. But her and Dom have been writing sketches. Oh, together, right on. And I didn't know that Dom wrote sketch comedy. That they're both like, yeah, they they've been talking because they're super close and like, yeah, it's something they've both wanted to do. So they've been getting together like once every two weeks and like, oh shit, writing shit. So like, I want to see what they do. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun. Oh, amazing. Um, but she um, she's someone who when she got into FNL by that time, mm-hmm. it was cool to see her growth because I remember when we were leading auditions for it, um, or not auditions, the, um, the callbacks for it. Yeah. Um, all the candidates were in a room together and Julie was one of the people leading the warmups for it. I was like, okay, wow. she's focusing on the team. That like, says a lot. Like immediately. And like, and I remember like after we did the callbacks and stuff, she was one of the people that we were immediately like, yeah, this is an obvious one that she's going in. Right. Which is, it, it, it was it was cool to see that development. And then by the end of it, she was one of the executives and she was one of the most developed people on the, the whole squad. It's, yeah. She is such a freaking clown. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I think she actually, I lent her one of my Second City books before I went. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. She might still have it, actually. Julie, if you're listening, I would like my book back now. <laughs> if she has it. I'll see if she does. <laughs> if not, we'll, we'll, we'll... If you have it. We'll hunt each other down. No, I'm sure it's probably lost in the abyss of my apartment that it, I just haven't cleaned. Be. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's, she's really cool when it comes to that. The other day... I have all these props because um, the pucks for Midsummer Night's uh, Walk are leading the tour. So oh, cool. all, all the puck characters are leading everybody and then participating in certain scenes and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so I'm one of those people, and we have all these different props that we're playing with and working with. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them is a slide whistle. <laughs> Which is just comedy goal. A slide whistle will always... The funniest of whistles. It's, it's the best. So she was... I showed her all the uh, all the props, and she's been, like, playing with them or whatever. Yeah. And the first day she had the slide whistle, she was, like, doing, like, a downward slide and then an upward <laughs> slide. And then she'd laugh for five minutes straight and just do it again and, like, laugh super hard. And then Sunday I had all of them because I had rehearsal right after I was at her house. Yeah. So... I was there, and she saw all the stuff in my bag, and she grabs the whistle, and they had, like, you know, like, 97 Rock on or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she was legitimately trying to play along with the songs on the slide whistle, like, going up <laughs> and down with them. Like, she was trying to play Free Fallin' by Tom Petty on it, and it was the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. She was driving her whole family nuts because she's Jesus. just sitting there. <laughs> wow. So note to self, never gift Julia slide whistle. Oh, it might be it might be one of her birthday presents. We'll <laughs> I may have to. Yeah, I don't think you have a choice. So you ended up at Second City. First of all, um I, I wanna talk about your journey there a little bit because not only do you have the improv path with it, but you also met Rhiannon in school. What year did mm-hmm. you guys meet um in college? Um so I was a sophomore and she was just starting her freshman year. Okay, um, and I actually, I met her on her first day on campus. Actually, um, so Lee Becker, who I had mentioned earlier, him and I were rooming together at the time, and he he was one of those people that we would always be working on music and just goof off and just like write improvised songs about people that we would see, sure, you know, on the street. Um, so we were doing just that. We were sitting outside of our uh, building. And we had both of our guitars, and we were just making up songs about people as they walked by. Not in like a, you know, a poking fun kind of way, but we were literally just like describing people. Yeah. Like, hey, you there with the polka dot shirt. I hope you have a really good day. Just stupid stuff. Um, And we saw Rhiannon and her roommate at the time, and uh, we were we just started singing about them, and I was like... Oh, now I'm getting nervous because that girl's really, really cute. Yeah. I don't. I think we've we've gone too deep. I don't. I, I think we're making fools of ourselves. What have I done? Oh no, no, no! <laughs> so, I, by the grace of God, they came over and talked to us, which I don't understand to this day. But do you, do you like thank God for that at that point? Well, because we were being the cringiest two white kids with guitars that you could possibly imagine, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> two very attractive people come over to us and we're like oh no 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 yeah. we are dorks we're not worthy yeah exactly um but yeah they they were really sweet and, and we were um just chatting for a bit and they had said that they were trying to find um i think the library or something like that so we actually got up from where we were and took them over 
across campus through the the library and um that was basically that like i would see rhiannon after that every single day on campus Mm. and her and i were always just kind of like friendly like we'd wave and like kind of be cordial and that sort of stuff and i think like sort of low-key we were both kind of like into each other but we didn't really know if it was like right if it was mutual mutual yeah 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 um so i ended up seeing rhiannon at the orientation play and i was just leaving the play and um i saw her there and i'm like oh my gosh like it's good to see you and like we did like a high five thing and like then we interlocked fingers but she initiated it she initiated it it wasn't me so that locked it in i was like oh this is great i think she might feel the same way (laughs) um so then ladies sometimes all we need is that nudge (laughs) <laughs> like honestly case like, by case case by case i know but like you give, give me something oh lord um <laughs> so then and i feel safe saying this because i don't think she's gonna listen not rhiannon but i think rhiannon will listen but i'm not talking about her <laughs> so rhiannon's roommate at the time was very much into me oh and would often like come over to the theater suite. So like we had a theater suite where a lot of the um, boys in the theater department were living. Yeah. And she would always come by and visit and like hang out um, specifically like in my room with me and Lee as we were like working on music or whatever. And like, she was never really like invited to come by, but she was like, it was fine. Like it was whatever. Uh, (laughs) but then oh god i feel so terrible and then go for it i had said to her i'm like hey when when do you think your roommate's gonna come hang out with us (laughs) and she's like what and i'm like oh i I know i don't i don't know i was just is she like what does she do does she want to hang out with us sometime and (laughs) she's like uh sure okay that's fine and um holy shit okay so you're saying all this and i know you're like you're hesitant but it worked out obviously 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 it was for a reason so continue (sighs) oh gosh now so rhiannon had actually gotten my number from her roommate her name was danny had gotten my number from danny and um had texted me and was like hey like i i heard through the grapevine that you like want to do something sometime and i'm like uh-huh yes okay Please. um so we she had come over to the theater to the theater suite one night when we were having a bunch of people over and one of our roommates at the time uh was a huge party animal like oh, no. to a very unhealthy degree so this was like something straight out of a movie. So he was out doing whatever. And then I think it was Jeremy Melendez who came in and was like, guys, guys, Max has climbed. I'm not going to say what building it was, but has climbed the blank building. You have to come. You have to come see. So everyone was like, uh, okay. So he had climbed one of the buildings, a smaller building. Oh, so my God. If he had jumped off or fell off, 
He, uh, he, he maybe would have broken he, something. But no, he would have gotten a scratch. Like oh, it, w- okay. it would have been fine. Oh, okay. But nonetheless, the fact that he was such a crazy person to like go do that, um, and then everybody was like, "Oh yeah, like let's go check it out." So the whole suite leaves, and then it's just me and Rhiannon <laughs> on on the couch, just like staring at each other. We're like, uh, "So do we just stay here and like chill?" So we just like hung out and and chatted and got to know each other a little more and yeah the rest is kind of history and then four years from that you propose on the day of graduation yeah which some people could argue is kind of like a douchey thing to do but no we were both at that point we were both at a point where we're just like we are so done with school and we are so ready to start our lives and like do something and her and i had talked about getting married you know a bunch right. so we already so it knew wasn't we were on out the, same of the page. blue yeah exactly um so i had decided i would propose to her the morning of graduation and then we would go to graduation together um but i didn't want to like make it a big thing so i i told her well that's not true i kind of did want to make it a big thing because <laughs> i don't know why i said that that's fair so we had decided to uh decorate our uh, caps together yeah so i had lied to her and said honey i don't know where my cap is i'm i'm really really sorry i know we were going to decorate tonight and she's like it's it's fine like you can help me decorate mine it's all good and bless her heart like she could have gotten way more angry at me than she did sure um and i know now that she was more angry than she was leading me to believe uh so after she went to bed i went to another room and started decorating my cap, which wasn't really lost, obviously. So the next morning, we get up, and I tell her, hey, um, I'm going to go pick up a cap in Rockwell Hall, which I just lied. Yeah, Um, totally bullshit. So then I parked the farthest away from Rockwell Hall, the opposite end of campus, and she's like, why are we parked so far away? And I'm like, I just, I don't want to deal with parking. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, Ricky, but like, this is weird. So we're walking across campus and I'm being like (laughs) the stereotypical douchey ass white kid. Like, Hey, like that's where we had this memory together and pointing out places on campus. And she's like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, great. And I'm like, oh, and remember when we like, you know, would walk and do blah, blah, blah over here and like see friends. And she's like, yes, Ricky, I know. Let's get to graduation. So we're approaching Rockwell and I stop at a place where uh, her and I both said, I love you for the first time to each other. So I stopped her there and nobody else was around. It was just us. And I get down, I ask her, she immediately starts bawling and she's like, "Uh, uh, uh, did you ask my dad? (laughs) I'm like, yes, <laughs> I did. And the weekend before, I had actually gone to Syracuse to do just that. Um, and how, how was that for you? Not to interrupt. No, I was please. talking to the parents. It was, was that nerve wracking for you? Her or? parents are super chill. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't feel super scared. I, I mean, I was scared about it. Yeah. Um, and they knew, like, when I went there, they're like, oh, he's going to ask us for our blessing. Mm-hmm. So... That makes it a little easier. Yeah, and they were super cool about it. And then that night, me and her dad stayed up until like 3 a.m. just like 
drinking beers outside and chatting. That's awesome. It was super cool. Um, but I had told her that that weekend I was staying with a friend or something. Sure. And yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I asked your dad last weekend. She's like, so you lied? You weren't really with your friend? I'm like, yeah, I lied. I'm sorry. And she got up and, and she said, or I got up and she said, yes, obviously. And, um, then after she said, yes, I pulled out my cap, which was underneath my gown, tucked into my pants and on the top of my cap, it said, she said yes. And then we went to graduation That's together. so freaking cute. I love that story so much. <laughs> uh, I, I told the long version of that story, by It's the way. great, though. That's, a, that's, that's like the perfect version of it. So a year later or so, you're married, yeah. right? And then you're on your way to Chicago because you have this opportunity with Second City. Mm-hmm. How was – so – what was the feeling going into that? Not only are you moving to a new city, but you're also getting this opportunity that, um, knowing you, you've wanted for a really long time. And yeah, yeah, totally. I really did. Um, yeah, and it it took going through FNL and like getting my uh, feet wet with improv to to sort of build a love for it. Sure. Um, so I was like, yeah, like I I kind of think I want to do this or at least try to do it. So. We moved out there, and luckily we both found work, um, and I started classes, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And some of the kids that were in my class, I'm I'm still close with to this day, and uh, I, I really enjoyed my time there. And uh, over time, I, I got to audition for some of the stuff there and like perform on some of the stages, which was like like a dream at that point. That's I was, amazing. It was like weird to, to process that I was in the place that I actually wanted to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that didn't make sense. Ricky. I, I get it. I get what you mean. <laughs> um, that I was like in the room that I had like aspired to be in sure. doing comedy. Sure. So yeah, it just felt, it felt really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you got that opportunity too. And then what ended up, so you're out there, what drew you back to Buffalo wanting to come back here? Yeah. So um, it was a combination of things. Uh, we were out there for just about a year, um, mm-hmm. so it really wasn't a lot of time. And we had built up some great relationships, um, like I said, and we loved our time there. Uh, not not gonna lie to you, it got it got to be expensive. I bet you know, like where we where we were living, um, it, it was basically a studio. It was technically a one bedroom, but our bedroom was probably half the size of this room. Oh. Um, it really wasn't. A, a big space yeah that's not big at all so um and we were paying god i think 1400 a month for jesus yeah um which it it really w- didn't work out how we wanted um which is okay i mean i'm that's how you learn that's how yeah you not everything is supposed to work out like that yeah um so now now we know from that experience if we ever want to go back out there uh you know, if we want to save or prepare or set aside X amount of dollars. But uh, anyway, that was a big part of it. Family was a big part of it, you know. Um, and I, I started getting approached for certain things happening over here. Mm-hmm. So I figured I would maybe talk to Rhiannon about it. And luck- it seemed like Rhiannon and I were kind of on the same page anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we both decided that we, we would just come back for however long that makes sense yeah yeah and it's good that you were both on the same page because i've seen um 
I've seen relationships get rocky because of a move that one person is committed to, but the mm-hmm. other person doesn't feel the same with, and it just adds yeah. too much stress with it. It you, it has to be a mutual thing. Yes, you know. Um, and again, we were very lucky that that we were sort. We were almost like relieved that we both had the same sort of feeling. Sure. At that time, we're like, oh my god, like I don't feel bad anymore. Like not talking about it. So. Yeah, but I mean, again, we we actually may end up going back. We don't know. Yeah, we'll see. And you may end up somewhere else. You never know where where life's going to take you to. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's awesome, and I think it's important to learn from those experiences. And mm-hmm. you know, they say that old phrase like uh, "better to have loved and lost than never loved at all" or whatever. But like mm-hmm. that that goes the same for that. It's better to have those experiences and and know that. What happened happened rather than being like, what if I went a couple of years ago? Yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to sleep at night with like the what if, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that that just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much the kind of personality that's like, I at least want to try this kind of thing <laughs> instead of like hoping one day it'll work out. And yeah, you know, it, it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Exactly. And and you're really, I know you and you're a motivated guy and you really know what you want. And so does Rhiannon. That's what I've mm-hmm. always liked about the both of you is like you're two people who are so good together, but like separately, you both are entities in itself. Like, <laughs> like damn, Rhiannon's on what? Like her 16th degree at this point? I don't know, man. She's just collecting them like Pokemon. She's just this racking rate. them up. She's just racking them up. It's like got to got to catch them all. <laughs> but no, like for real, like she's she's crushing it. She's doing such cool stuff. She's awesome. She is. Yeah, and, and um, I, I've always, I've always really liked her too. From like I told you, we were in that math class together, mm-hmm. and then Iguana, I didn't really talk to her too much, but then she would always give me this like death stare from across <laughs> the room. She always would. This is one of my favorite things to talk about with her. She would always like just give me this glare, and I'd be like, "What? What did I do?" And she'd like keep like just looking at me like that. She and has then... she has a distinct stare, sure, and she knows it. Yeah, like and sometimes she, or most times, she doesn't realize she's doing it, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry." I, I just I zoned. I was yeah. miles away. Yeah, exactly. But like, but she would purposely like I would see her do it. Like, she oh really? Just, like, yeah, she'd just be giving me the death glare, <sighs> and it, it just kind of became our thing. But, like, <laughs> um, at the cast party, uh, after it wrapped up, I remember um, before that night got weird, um, <laughs> I, I remember there was a point where she was giving me that stare again, and she was like, Dan, I just want you to know, you're my favorite person in the cast. Oh. I was like, Rhiannon. And I just didn't, like, because of that, like, back and forth, I was like, where do I stand with this person? Like, how does it go? And it was like that reassurance. She's always been, like, a very reassuring person. And she's never afraid to, like, level with you and, like, just be open about how she feels about people, which I think is such a good quality. Oh, yeah. She's got nothing to hide. I mean, she's very upfront and honest. And she'll, she'll, you know tell you if she hates you yeah exactly <laughs> no she won't um she might i don't know she may i don't know maybe in her head she will but <laughs> i don't know I, I can't see her being purposefully malicious in her no never god eh, maybe well maybe yeah if you piss her off enough yeah knows? probably <laughs> i'll let you mention it of course so when javita was on here we'll end on this note um, oh you mean when he called me a sociopath did he call you a sociopath here's what happened dan torres you were talking about West Side. Yeah. And 
<laughs> oh, and I was talking about the blood thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, I I was part of the story. So I uh, was brought up, and I think one of you had said something about how I thought it was awesome. Oh, you had said yeah, I, I yeah. said that you were like, oh, this is a horror as a horror. This is like every man's dream is to be in the situation like. And that. then Matt Devita goes, and I quote, "Of course he did. He's a sociopath." Okay. To be fair, <laughs> I texted him right afterward. I'm like, "Huh? So I'm a sociopath, huh?" <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And he's like, and I was like, "Your episode with Dan." And he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I, I didn't even remember what I was saying most of the time. Ha, ha, ha. I, I was just kidding, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, there was a lot of whiskey to have that night. He brought a bottle of whiskey, and we, we, had, we had a glass each or so. So, you know. Oh, so you're alcoholics. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say right now is the justification for this is that we are both <laughs> raging alcoholics. Like, raging, raging alcohol. I knew it. Um. <laughs> but he so for the record he called you a sociopath i did not oh yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, I i told you exactly how i remembered it you're totally in the clear um, but matt devita is the one that's on the chopping block yeah exactly so, <laughs> come, for come for him but my second point of that i'm glad this show is being listened to enough where people are getting in arguments over it and having grudges against each other <laughs> over things people have said that makes me so happy oh man <laughs> Matt and I love to get into it. So we'll like to pl- we like to play Among Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And him and I, when we play together, dude, we are just a certain kind of personality that we will go after each other yeah. to a personal level. <laughs> and it's really not okay. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, man. That's why I love the both of you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but what was, so what was your perspective of that night? with uh the knife fight incident oh i make no mistake like i really was like very very concerned yeah i i really i really was hoping that matt was okay um because i i love the kid you know i love him to death um also matt fuck you but (laughs) (laughs) yeah fuck oh god anyway um no i first and foremost i wanted to make sure that he was okay and it was tough because for for my choreography for my track right i kind of have to i i'm doing a lot of like resisting like i'm being held back a lot of times like f- from like not participating in the knife fight and then suddenly i break free and i have to stab uh bernardo alejandro's yeah. character yeah 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 so as i'm watching all this unfold and i'm watching the blood on matt's arm first I'll admit, my first thought was, oh, we've added a blood capsule to the show. I didn't know. I wish someone had told me. Yeah. <laughs> which of, which obviously was not the case. No, it was not. Not the case at all. Uh, so then I realized he was, in fact, cut. And I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah. What can I do to help? Because, again, my choreography, it's very limiting. I really can't. I don't interact with him. There's really. not much. Yeah. So I had to gauge, like, is is someone going to be there to help him and get him off stage and, like, get him cleaned up and feeling good? Um, and luckily, Kevin Fahey, I mean, thank God he was there to just, like, yeah, he was awesome. jump in, mm-hmm. um, like Matt had said on, on his episode. But um, I, I 
started to see that things were falling into place where he was going to be okay. But I, uh, yeah, I was covered in Matt's blood and it was pretty freaking brutal. Yeah. Um, and I'm the kind of personality that like, <laughs> I feel like when I'm most uncomfortable, I have to joke about it. Yeah. So well, that's how we naturally offset all our insecurities yeah. and shit. So that's why I was like, Oh man, it was so fucking cool. Um, but in inside, just petrified <laughs> i'm like i really hope he's okay yeah you know um but yeah I, i'm just glad that everything happened okay and then alejandro and i had to work out our own choreography for a later number right that matt is normally supposed to take part in so that's just again where improv worked out <laughs> yep for sure because <laughs> you just have to adapt and yes and yes and yes and that shit was so crazy I thought I had been a part of some crazy shit in my lifetime, but that was the wildest moment on stage I've ever had in my whole life. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. It's definitely up there. I <laughs> Unfortunately, I have more <laughs> well, you, awful stories you than I want to have. You yourself, didn't you, on stage? I or almost did? I don't know if I ever concussed myself. I might have. What did you do on the working set? Okay, so for that, uh, there was a number where uh, everyone... And like Dan had said earlier, like the the show, how we did it was very much an ensemble piece. Yes. So there was a number later in the show uh, where everybody in the cast is like banging on the set with like wooden mallets and, you know, lead and metal and like, because the whole entire set was constructed out of steel Mm -hmm. and it was very industrial. And we decided that for that number, we'd just like be our own percussion section and just bang on the set. So, but still make a choreography. So, um, where, where I was positioned, I was positioned very close to another actress, um, who I won't, I won't say her name cause she still feels so bad about it. <laughs> sure. And she's just the sweetest human. Um, but she, uh, had swung a little wide and hit me in the head with a piece of lead. Oh, <laughs> Oh, obviously not on purpose. It was fully an accident. Mm. And we locked eyes during the number. And she looked at me like, and I looked at her like, (laughs) meanwhile, you were trying to pick out which one was actually her out of the three of her you were seeing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it was just, it all happened so fast. It really was like a blur. And, but unfortunately, for that show, there really wasn't much going on and off stage. Ugh. So we're all stuck there after the number ends in like a frozen position. So we finish the number. I'm like on full autopilot at that point because there's nothing there's nothing you can do. You know what I mean? At, <laughs> yeah. that, at that point, like we're all depending on each other. So in turn, people are depending on me to do my shit. Sure. Um, you know, if I need to lift somebody or do something like there's no figuring that out off stage. The mm-hmm. show has to keep going. Um, so I get to my position and I try my hardest to like very subtly, like raise my hand super slowly in a slow-mo to see if I have blood on my head. Um, luckily there was no blood. Sure. So I was like thrilled about that. Um, but still I was very like autopilot. Yeah. Like just get it done. And then once it's done, Figure it out from there. So once the show was over, I get off stage and Rhiannon was working stage crew and she claims that I dropped 
mm-hmm. which I don't remember doing. I don't think I did. <laughs> but she claims that I just dropped into her arms. Um, I remember going to her, but I don't remember dropping. So when she's on, she'll clarify. I just died in your <laughs> um, So anyway, uh, we get back to our dorm and Rhiannon's like really trying to make sure that I'm okay. And she said that my pupils were both two different sizes. Mm. Um, no, 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 no. So no, when no, she no. saw that, she said, okay, we're going to the hospital. So we did. We we went to the hospital and she called my mom and everything and my mom came and I was I was at the hospital for what must have been four or five hours maybe no it had to have been longer than that maybe like five or six but right regardless it was a long we were there until like four a.m. Jesus um so and the whole time mind you I'm texting with the director uh, Drew Khan mm-hmm. and bless that man's soul. He he stayed up texting me, just like checking in to make sure I'm good, um, because of, of course on one hand like I knew he was very he was concerned right. for my health obviously, but also like if something needed to happen where I couldn't do the show he would need to know it immediately. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again first and foremost he wanted to make sure I'm good and. Uh, they sent me home and they're like, yeah, you can keep doing the show, but you have to take it easy. Like if, if this is what happens in the choreography, it needs to change. So for the next show, we just switched some things. So I wasn't so close to her and, uh, we were all good. Sure. Damn. It was crazy. (laughs) It's always the ones you don't see coming that (laughs) it really was so, so crazy. And Dude, that show was fucking cursed because earlier in the run, we had a show where our, our stage manager decided, you know what? I don't think I believe in the curse of the Scottish play. Oh no. I'm going to oh, go no. I'm going to go ahead and just throw it all around. Oh no. So, okay, that is a very <laughs> real thing. It's a very that real thing. That is a very real thing. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. Yeah. Um quote the office and i'm in the middle of i, I played the ups guy yeah, character yeah, yeah so it's a very it's a goofy monologue so i'm a, i'm out there by myself doing my thing and then there's a section where i'm climbing a big old piece of steel and i'm sitting there like letting my legs dangle i'm high above the audience in the round and suddenly the lights go boom, just totally pitch black and I'm still up there. My mic is still working. It's just the lights. So I'm like, okay, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> um, so <laughs> probably wasn't the best choice, but I decided I would improv a line. So I improved a line. Um, and then it, it, luckily the director didn't shoot me because at that point, like, I, I didn't have the discipline that I have now sure. <laughs> with theater. I would never dare to do something like that. But at that point, I was like, my instinct kicked in. And I was like, I'm doing a goofy monologue anyway. Now is the time to make light of the situation. Sure. So I did. And it got a big laugh. And then the lights came on. And she still claims she has no idea what happened. Oh, my God. She said nothing changed on the board. She Like, she has no clue. No clue. 
Yeah, the the spirits went. Oh, you're gonna take this lightly? All right, ba- boom. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly how it goes. Yeah, for real. I've seen so many examples of that being an actual thing. Yeah, that I can't even pick out. I remember the first time it ever happened. I was doing um, Oliver right down the street from here at the Ghost Light Theater, right at the corner over there. Nice. And um, a bunch of kids in the cast had thought it was funny. Because, okay. you know, we're, we're, Oliver requires like 40-something kids to be in it or whatever. So a bunch of them thought it wasn't a real thing and that it was really funny. And they kept saying it. And then um, the guy who was playing Jack Dodger forgot part of Consider Yourself that night. Oh, no, 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 that's, no. That's, that's how it goes. That's a, it, it's, it's a very, very real thing. And it's a terrifying thing. But people out there that are listening, that's a real theater superstition. So don't test it. Don't it test is the spirits. A very real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Uh don't mess with that. No. But I am so excited that we're starting to wind kind of down with COVID and more people are vaccinated. And yes. that if you um, haven't already gotten vaccinated, do it, do it, do get it. Get vaccinated. Just for just for you and the people around you. Just do it. It's it's easy. Very few side effects. Just go do it for yourself and your people. Yes. I grew a second forehead, but otherwise <laughs> I'm totally good. Yeah, yeah. My my other pinky is, you know, a little weird at this point. But... Yeah, it's it's pretty gross. But I, I, like I don't it. know why it's green, but it's fine. Yeah. I have a name for it, so you know. Oh. It's fluffy. Fluffy? Yeah, because the hair's growing on the side of it, but you know. It's <laughs> sim- simple yet effective. You can workshop it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but uh, I'm I'm so excited that you're back doing your thing. I'm so happy you came on and that you Dude, are here you. today. Um, I can't wait to also have Rhiannon on here. So mm-hmm. once she gets back, we'll have to schedule one um, between the four of us because I know yes. that Julie wanted to be a part of that when you guys came on. Oh, absolutely. So, so all four of us will do something. Um, for now... Plug your podcast, plug you on social medias if you want to give your socials and anything else you may want to plug. Sure. My social security is uh, five. No, no, no. Not that one. Not oh. that one. Oh, oh, social. Your social media is oh. not your, not the one people could steal from you. Okay. You don't want that. Yeah. I won't do the other one then. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to find me on the social medias, I'm Ricky Needham basically everywhere. Um, I don't really use Twitter that often, but. Uh, I'm there. I exist there. Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram or fa- I don't really like using Facebook anymore. Instagram's the easy one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. So find me there. Uh, Rhiannon and I run a podcast called Getting Scaried Away, where we talk about all sorts of spooky stuff that we enjoy, and it's been a lot of fun doing it. We put out episodes every week, except for lately. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we have a bit of a software thing that we're still working through, but. Uh, expect episodes to come shortly and i'm hoping that you will want to be on soon absolutely absolutely i'd be absolutely down to be on that i don't don't know how much i'd be able to really springboard off of but i mean we had a full hour conversation about you know the saw franchise earlier that's true yeah exactly Um, (laughs) i think you're in good company i'd absolutely be down and people that are listening that don't already subscribe to getting scary to waste so that you can stay updated for when episodes come out and know when to be informed about that because they have great guests and the chemistry between ricky and rhiannon is obviously amazing so check that out um, average ordinary pod um, on most places, 
Average Ord Pod on Twitter. Um, like us, subscribe to us, leave a review and a rating, even if it's one star. Get those ratings up there, <laughs> like please. I I love each and every one of you, and I thank you for the support. And if you like Dan's artwork, please let him know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you can give me your social off the air if you want. Like, oh, if, if if you're still willing to. Do sure. That. Let me know when you stop recording, and okay. I'll just shout it. All right. Beautiful. Um, and then we'll have to um, – we'll talk more about getting some improv stuff on here because I'm, I think it needs to happen. I'm, I'm hoping to get on Patreon soon, so maybe that will be um, some starter Patreon content that will we'll workshop and stuff like that. I but, like it. Yeah. Um, but for now, next week we will have another amazing guest on. Um, I'll leave you in suspense for who. Um, but for now, take care of your mental health. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next Saturday. Take care, guys. Goodbye.